Joe. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO. All right, we're here till 11 o'clock tonight. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040, WHO. Iowa loses at Michigan State today, 17 7. Hawks dropped to 0 and 2 in the Big Ten, 3 and 2 overall. Up next, the Illinois Fighting Lion-Eye next week for homecoming. But we have a lot to talk about yet tonight as the Hawks lose to the Spartans as they were offensively inept. And this comes from Twitter, and it is where'd that go? Here it is from Brad. Nepotism never works. What a joke of an offensive coordinator. I guess Greg Davis wasn't too bad. You knew this was going to happen. The honeymoon's over. Yeah, uh, we saw this the day that uh, Brian Ferentz was announced as the offensive coordinator. That's the most chastised position on that uh, staff. When you look at the history of Coach Ferentz, his era, the offensive coordinator is by far the most critiqued position in that staff. Absolutely. And and more so than the defensive coordinator ever has been. Right. Much more than the head coach has been for maybe but one year. Agreed. Absolutely right, Ken O'Keefe took a beating, Greg Davis took a beating, and Brian Ferentz is going to take a beating. So if you're scoring at home, that means the last two comments we've heard from listeners are the offense sucks and the defense sucks. Tim wanted to know why. For he, He says, I've been a Hawkeye fan my entire life. And we've had crappy pass defense that entire time. Why is that? It's by design in a weird way, Tim. And I know this is going to be a a tough sell, but hear me out for just 30 seconds here. The idea behind it is the most difficult thing in football to do is complete passes. And you want the other team to do that, or you're going to challenge them to do that over and over and over again. You're not going to give up any deep balls. You're always going to have a couple of safeties deep, and you're always going to try to stop the run, and you're going to force them into making that pass over and over and over again. Most teams can't do it, and that's why the Hawkeyes end up with winning records and end up shutting down teams uh, a lot of times. That's why you get these fantastic defensive performances. But some teams are able to do it. Michigan State, very early on, uh, we were sitting here watching the game, and right away I said to Travis, uh-oh, this is trouble. Lewerke was 4 for 4 for 48 yards in that first touchdown drive. Now, that's, that's, by, that's how you beat this Hawkeye defense. So I know that's really hard when the corners are sitting 7 yards off the receivers on 3rd on and 4. It's really difficult to watch that. It's, it's by design. I'm, gonna, I'm still working on getting our buddy Derek Pagel in studio with us. He'd be a great one to explain this. He was a safety in Kirk Ferentz's system uh, and went on and played in the NFL. He can pl- explain why it is they do that. Empty backfield. Lewerke lobs to the corner of the end zone. Caught touchdown by Felton Davis again. Oh, they are just schooling Michael Ojemudia. They're really going after him. Felton Davis was a beast today, mm-hmm. just a, a hell of a player, and he had nine receptions, 114 yards, two Man. touchdown receptions. 284-1040, that's the number to call. We have a couple lines open. We'd love to hear from you tonight. It's going to be uh, three hours of Hawk Talk. Let's go to Lucas in Des Moines. You're on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hey, I just had a few things to say. First of all, I'd, I'd like to be the first to probably call in and defend Brian Barron. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Oh, no. Lucas, are you there? Uh, I'm there. I'm there. Okay, good. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I thought I lost there. No, no we're I'd here. Like to, I'd like to defend him. 
I think that uh, the play calling has actually has not been that bad. I think he's done a good job of mixing in the pass to run. I was always going to be a running a running program. That's just what they do. I just think the exec- the execution just wasn't there today. I mean, Stanley, we saw him make one deep throw to Easley. That was a great throw. But then the next play, he throw a two yard pass to somebody's legs. I just think they're going through a lot of growing pains with a young football team. But I, I think Brian Ferentz has done a fine job this year. Aside from the safety last week against Penn State. I had to go there. 100%, Lucas. I, I love that uh, qualifier that you threw in at the end, and I couldn't agree more with you. Travis and I have had this conversation throughout the day also. We've seen a lot of stuff about Brian Ferentz. Travis just read that tweet. I think he's done a pretty good job. I can't fault Brian Ferentz for the playmakers not making the plays. And again today, Nate Stanley overthrows a couple of passes. He underthrows a guy on big third down when he, when he had a, a, um, a receiver open in the flat. I agree with Lucas. I'm not going to fault Brian Ferentz. You had the fake field goal. He mixed things up quite a bit. Tried Akram Wadley several times. Didn't give up on him despite the fact that he was having tough sledding. So I'm with Lucas. I will defend Brian Ferentz in his play call. And I've seen enough football over the last 30 years of my life, Lucas, to, to, to tend to agree with you. And Ross hit the big thing. You know, when, when Iowa went undefeated a couple years ago, nobody was complaining about Greg Davis. Why? Because guys were making plays. Mm-hmm. And if guys don't make plays, it's hard to get yourself into a rhythm. We talked. You heard us say it earlier: getting into a rhythm, finding some kind of of just momentum. When you can't create that, and your playmakers don't make plays, it kind of hamstrings you a little bit. Yeah. So I I don't think it's I, I think the criticisms that Ken O'Keefe got, that Greg Davis got, and Brian Ferris going to get are a little unfair because. You still need guys to execute. People forget that you have to execute when it comes to, to making plays. Now, there are sometimes you, in situations you go, I don't quite get that. But overall, I'm not going to fault the play calling. I will say this. You're right. I was always going to be a run-first team. But then you got to have more than 25 attempts, and you got to have more than 19 yards. Yeah. Lucas, thanks for the phone call. And that brings us to another tweet. You can always tweet us at SoundOffWHO. Is there a chance that Nate Stanley audibles too much? I hope the coaches don't lose faith in him. In, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, I don't think he audibles too much. I think he's had a tough time audibling into the right plays. Either that or, like today, they pointed out on the broadcast, on the television broadcast, it looked like the linebackers – anticipated what he was audibling into, which, I mean, that's that's part of the chess game there, right? So uh, I, I would say that's probably more of the issue, not how much he's audibling, but what he's audibling into. Because we had, and, and somebody did pose the question, that I think it was our buddy Bill Blank on Twitter, the comedian, who said, I, I can't remember Nate Stanley audibling into the right play ever. He did a couple times against Iowa State, and he did a couple of times against Penn State. Tonight, he, today, he struggled in that department. I don't know how Iowa's audible system is set up, and let me be specific about this. A lot of quarterbacks, if you're very experienced or in the National Football League, can have a, I can audible to anything I want. I, I, I don't think Nate Stanley has that green light. I think when he sees a defensive set they've gone over, he maybe has one or two plays he can check down to. So I wouldn't, I mean, people, so don't be surprised if that audible is already set and decided by, right, right. by the offensive coaching staff. I, I mean, when you That's hear audible, it's, it's not like we're playing in the backyard, all right? You can't go, hey, Ross, you do a 10 yard curl. Sean, you go deep on a fly. That doesn't happen. 
you, you've watched so much game film over the course of the week that you say, hey, when they come up in this defensive set, if you see it, you're going to check down to this. Yeah. It's not always Nate Stanley. That's what's been predetermined during the week during film session. You wouldn't want to waste my speed on a curl route anyway. <laughs> uh, 284-1040. That's the number to call. Let's go. You know, usually he's the first of the show. Now, Something happened. Now he's like, I don't know, 15th in the second segment. Tom and in North Liberty. I don't I hear you. I, no, that's 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 incorrect because there's a such thing called the iHeartRadio app that you can listen to us right when we go on the air. Hey, all right, you got me. Okay, right. I know I do. Next time, I'm on, next time I'm on the road, when I go to Northwestern, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be better, okay? All right. Here's I, what I want to tell you. Go ahead, Tom. I agree with you. You cannot beat up Brian Ferris because our punt returner doesn't figure out that when the ball's coming down at six, he should let it go. I mean, good Lord. Josh Jackson needs to learn that he can let that go, and maybe it'll go in the end zone and start at the 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, a couple of times today, Tom. He had uh, he he made a few rough decisions. He was saved once by that penalty, uh, the punt with the the final punt that Michigan State turned it over to the Hawkeyes with a minute to go. He was saved on that one. Yeah, that that was terrible. Hey, I got one other quick thing to say. Go ahead. That's kind of an announcement for our listeners tonight. Next time Iowa has a home night game, I have it on good authority from Topper and Moose. There are no bed bugs in Williamsburg. Thanks for the phone call, Tom. That was a little weird. It's it's only eight fifteen, and it's getting weird. Don't quite get it. And our next phone call is coming from Missouri. Missouri is it okay? Oh, is it Missouri or is it Missouri? It's Missouri. It's not Missouri. I, okay, I think not it depends on where you're at in Missouri. Missouri. No, it does. No, Jared, is it Missouri or Missouri? There's an I at the end, so it's Missouri. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about, Jared. Yeah, I know. I, I, there's people down here that say it's Missouri, too. And you've but, called up on a rotary phone today. <laughs> yeah. No. What's up, Jared? Well, my biggest concern is family still cannot make that long-distance connection for the middle range. So, anybody... Any defensive coordinator is going to load the box because Stanley has still not got the touch on long-range passes or middle. Jared? He had had three passes today that he overthrew by 10 yards. Uh, yeah, Jared, it's a, it's an issue, man. He launched a couple balls. It seems like he's missing those long passes by about that same five to seven yard range uh, every time. And I, I guess my take on it is, if they haven't figured out what's going on with him, if they haven't figured out how to dial that back in, take it out of the playbook. It, it's it seems like a waste to just keep chucking it up there at this point. His his completion percentage. Over 25 yards can't be very good. I mean, Travis, how many have we had? Three or four on the season? Yeah, not. I'd like to get. I wish I had that stat on the tip of my fingertips. Yeah. I don't have it. I don't either. But, but uh, we'll, 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 maybe we should look that one up. Uh, Sean, start efforting that. We'll see how that goes. He was on the phone. 284. Oh. 
your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by... Every muscle in that left leg, and oh boy, this is not a good punt. Returnable from the 43-yard line. And off to the races, returning inside the 30 is Lares Nelson, 36-yard punt. Iowa couldn't run the football today. Iowa couldn't punt the football today. Iowa loses football game. 17-7 the final score. Dropping to 0-2 in the Big Ten. 3-2 overall in the season. Uh, disappointing loss for the Hawkeyes. Run game non-existent. No rhythm. And uh, Ross just... It just It's been a weird... Especially coming after the emotion of last week where people were okay losing. It hurt to lose, but they're like, okay, we just took Penn State to the wire. Uh, I felt that same way. I didn't feel good about losing. It was and, a heartbreaking. Yeah, I don't believe loss. in moral victories, but you're like, okay, they can line up and play against uh, anybody. That's absolutely how we felt Sunday uh, up in Canada with because I was with a bunch of Hawkeye friends up there. So we absolutely walked away from that Penn State game, saying, you know, it sucks that you lost that heartbreaker, but man, this team is really good. You've mentioned rhythm twice now, Travis. It You're going to hear me say it for the next two and a half hours. It wasn't just at the stadium. wasn't just with the Hawkeyes. We felt it in this room. We felt it. Gary and Ed were off their game today in a big way, it felt like. Uh, it, today was a funky day. I don't know how to describe it. It just seemed like weird energy and weird mojo all day everywhere with this Hawkeye team. Ole on Twitter says, you know, I think... The last two weeks of, is the offense we expected to see to start the year. Young guys making mistakes. Mm, that's very good, Olay. I, I think that's right. If you would have seen this against Wyoming and Iowa State, we would have said, ah, oh, this is what we expected. Everybody knew we were going to have to run the ball and they could put a bunch of pressure on Nate Stanley. We were spoiled there early on. Nate Stanley looked fantastic, I thought. Take away that first quarter and a half of Wyoming. Those first two games, he looked really good. It's... Uh, it, and I'm not putting blame on Nate Stanley right now, but he's got to be a little bit more of a playmaker than he was today. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go back to the phones. Been waiting on a, on hold for about a half hour. Chris in Des Moines, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, thanks very much, gentlemen. Lifelong Hawkeye fan, big fan of the show. Love to call in. I usually always call in and comment on the offense. Maybe familiar with my voice by now. Not as familiar as Tommy's, but uh, you know, uh, anyway, nobody. None, none of us are, Chris. None of us. No, no, no. And, you know, lifelong Hawks fan, don't try to bicker too much. I just love the show that you guys have it. The thing that kind of confuses me today, I didn't get to watch the game without the golf tournament, but got to listen to Ed and, you know, uh, Gary on there. And, and, of course, the one thing that strikes me is this. Eddie always says our offense needs to find its identity. Well, I feel like that's exactly it, right? I'm a little bit confused. I don't understand why with the two running backs we have, why we come up with the kind of yardage we come up with at the end of the day today. So I'm just going to hang up, and I'm going to let you guys comment on that. I know it's a tough question, but I mean, I, I don't get it. So, I mean, I mean, is it our line? Is it is it we're calling the wrong plays at the wrong time? I mean, I mean, what is it? Very good questions, Chris. That, I think that's probably the question. Is it offensive line play? Is it the, You're going to find a lot of people that are going to blame all of those things that you mentioned. Offensive line play is something that Travis and I mentioned. Play calling is something that a few different listeners have tried to mention. Playmakers is another part of this. When you say... I, mean, I feel like we have the playmakers. We have a good line. We have 
a father-son combination in terms of play calling that should be on the same page, which maybe we've been missing for a few years. And I don't. I feel like we're really close, but I feel like yet we're so far. It, it, it was a very interesting day to day to be a Hawkeye, in my opinion, just listening to us struggle with running the ball. I mean. Well, I think we have to, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case, and Chris, thanks for the phone call. Are the first three games a false narrative of what we thought the identity was? Yes, they are. Because the offensive line is not good enough to be this one-dimensional. And that's the dangers of a, of a non-conference week schedule. Absolutely right, Travis. You can build some false confidence in that. And let's speak, I mean, I want to slow down on that. Yeah, it's I mean, not I'm not saying they're horrible. State, yeah, we, I'm just we, saying I don't know if we know what the identity is. That's yet. fair. That's fair. And when he says, when, when Chris says we have got two great running backs, let's not forget Butler's not available right now. So that's why we haven't seen him. He's still hurt. Torin Young, a listener earlier, wanted to know about him. Jerry mentioned his name. That's a good question. Torin Young looked real impressive. Ivory Kelly Martin is going to be a playmaker, I think, down the road. Right now, he's not able to do that against a really good defense. And I think that's the other thing to throw into the soup here continuously, Travis. This Michigan State defense is real good. They're not Penn State good. They're real good. I, I, I really think Penn State, or I mean Michigan State and I are about the same team. Yeah, agreed. You know, yeah. I, I, you, you come back to Iowa I think City Lewerke's next week. probably a little bit better, you know, a little bit more of a playmaker than yeah. you have with Nate Stanley. But I think 17-10, you look at the history of these two teams together. Um, you, you just and, and, and the games they play, Iowa and Michigan State are about the same. That's the way I look at it. I think that's fair, Travis, absolutely. Two eight four ten forty. That's the number to call. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at SoundOff WHO. Troy in Urbandale, stay there. John in Indiana, stay there. John always has an entertaining take and and look at the game. Passionate, informed. How did he get the? Who's this? I'm just trying to figure out who got the hotline. The Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Might have a newsmaker coming up next. On News Radio 1040 WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsor. Quiet Riot. Nice selection there, Sean. I remember this was a top 40 hit. Aging myself a little bit. You're old. I am very old. I think this guy's about your age. I've met Troy from Urbandale. I think he's a, he's about your age. You think so, so maybe I should slow down on saying old. I'm just such a young 39. Troy. Yeah, but you That's grew up on the problem. east side. You look old. Oh, thanks for that. That's all that rough living I've done. Well, I'd rather hear quiet riot than the music I was envisioning with the Missouri caller. <laughs> Stop. We're we're gonna we, if nothing we're going to be nice neighbors. You're okay. Purdy. Did, did you guys have a soundtrack going through your mind? I'm just, just good. Um, Deliverance might have popped up. Um, hey, it's great to have you back, Ross. Great to have Sean there as well. And Travis, always a pleasure. Thanks for bringing a sound off. Wanted to follow up on a couple of your points. I think uh, what what Ross was saying, the Hawks missed Butler. I think they were counting on him for 15 touches and more of a LaShawn Daniels role. And someone I was watching the game with said, Wadley's in the first half. Wadley's kind of dancing through the hole. You got to you got to hit the hole 
uh, quicker, and I think he did that in the second half. I think they improved the run game, but I, you know, you don't want Wadley to have 30 touches, and he's just a different type of back. I think they were looking for Butler to be uh, sort of a power back, so I think that was a good take there, Ross. And then Travis's point that these two teams are mirror images of each other, and it's always hard to go to Michigan State and win, and and this, especially when you lose the field goal, field excuse me, field position with the punt game, and hopefully we, you know, we've since Pat Summerall, we know that you when you stand on the ten yard line and you take a fair catch, anything inside that you're supposed to let it go. So I don't, I think they'll get that cleaned up as well, and uh, you know, an unfortunate turnover going into score was a big thing. So yeah. you lose the turnover battle at Michigan State. It's always tough. Troy, I think that old cliche of keep your heels on the 10 and don't step back to catch it, I think that's out the window. Uh, it, with how often and how good punters are at uh, dropping the ball inside the 10 and then having it downed and how, how fast these cover guys are getting down, I've noticed this across college football, that uh, fair catching the ball inside the 10-yard line doesn't seem to be the no-no that it was just a few years ago. So just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying that we won't see uh, Josh Jackson try to live by that rule the rest of the time. Um, I would hope they certainly talk to him about catching the ball a yard deep in the end zone and trying to bring it out. Well, and they had a short field to punt on, too. Maybe that was the problem. They right. Were, they were pooching it a lot in there. Um, these teams are very similar. Going to Michigan State has always been a challenge, uh, and especially when you turn the ball over and lose the field position battle. Defense played well, though, I thought. Yeah, Yeah, defense did play good again. I mean, you take away that first drive where uh, Lewerke is just able to find every receiver he's looking for. He goes four for four. He's able to hit, what was the big guy's name? Travis, I'm already, uh, I'm trying to block it out already. Davis. Charles uh, Rogers? Uh, yeah, yeah, Charles Rogers, exactly. <laughs> well, had, they've had Felton, a bunch of them there. Felton Davis. Felton he had nine Davis catches the third. Yeah, yeah, I'm already trying to block it out. Uh, that, when you're picking them apart like that, that's what that defense, that's the hole that defense is designed to show you. So, you know, had, tip tip the cap to Lewerke for doing it. Hope the Hawks get healthy against Illinois. There's some, hopefully some better games ahead. Yeah, you've got Illinois and the bye week coming up. And I'm not trying to look past Illinois, but... I, think, I am. I'm going I out of town. Hawks, I think the Hawks are going to be able to beat a team that just lost to Nebraska 28-6. to Thanks, and, Troy. And, and I think they're going to be able to run. Zigbo had over 108 yards for, 100 yards for Nebraska yesterday. Okay. Uh, and Nebraska hasn't been running the football that much. And, and, you know, Nebraska was leading the Big Ten in pass attempts, settled down, went to a running game yesterday. And that made the biggest difference. They ran it right down Illinois' throat. You know, Iowa's now lost three in a row to Michigan State. Uh, of course, lost today, 17-7. to uh, Lost in the Big Ten Championship game, 16-13. Uh, lost in 2013, 26-14. Won in 2012, 19-16. I mean, it just shows you how close these games are. Yeah. And, and I was just going through it. It's hard to even find a blowout. Um, and most of it is, is when Iowa blows them out. I mean, they're just traditionally very close games. All right, sit back and relax because this guy's going to take up about five minutes of, of sound off time, but it's always good takes. It's always good it stuff. Is. Yep, John's ed- educated and passionate. I, I, think, I think John is in Vegas tonight. I am reporting live from the Strip uh, for a Vegas wedding where Elvis himself officiated 
for my friends. It's John from Indiana in Las Vegas. John, why do I picture you, one of the guys from Ocean's 12, you're leaning over the Bellagio right now, watching the fountains, and you're just going to walk away with like $10 million in cash. Already did it last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, uh, two interesting facts that I'm not sure if you guys talked about. Uh, these are the, the 19 rushing yards today. is the fewest that the Hawkeyes have had in a single game since 2005 when they had minus nine against Ohio State. Iowa now 0-2 in the Big Ten for the first time since 2008. Uh, you, you have to know where your bread's buttered. And uh, let me tell you something that I've noticed over the last three games, uh, whether it was Iowa State and the game-tying touchdown by Akram Wadley out of a single back, uh, three wide receiver shotgun set where they put him in motion and then he did a a little uh, uh, short cross across the, the infield uh, like within the first five yards then whether it was uh, against Penn State uh, last week with the store with the score that put us ahead um, the way that you get your playmaker the ball, is you're going to have to either run the ball out of a shotgun, three wide receiver set, and spread teams out until Nathan Stanley can prove that he can hit the deep ball and that he can be consistent on short throws, which comes down to execution on the wide receivers. Once again, another game where we drop the ball uh, several times. And the two playmakers that I think uh, Ross Peterson's uh, partner in crime, Chris Williams, said kept him up at night before the Cyclone game Well, Noah Fant and Akron Wadley. You have to get the ball into your playmaker's hand. We're not getting it into our playmaker's hand. And I would say if Brian Ferentz is supposed to be this innovative OC, he's going to have to find interesting ways to create mismatches going forward because you obviously have, a, I think, two new tackles on the offensive line. Yes. Um, and these the, the inexperience is showing. The potential is there, but the inexperience is showing, and the inconsistency is also showing. So uh, am I jumping the ship? No. We remember how 2008 uh, turned, uh, turned around and Iowa made an outback bowl, but uh, trips to Indy, uh, slim and none, and Slim's revving up the car right now. I, and I wouldn't, you know, I, there's still a chance. I, after what Wisconsin did today, uh, which was come back and beat Northwestern home, almost gave it away late. But I, I think when you look at the West right now, Minnesota got beat uh, for the first time. Nebraska's uh, has Wisconsin coming up, has Ohio State coming up, has a tough road to come. I, th- I think Wisconsin right now is the team to beat in the West Division. Completely. And that's right. low-hanging let, fruit. Be, be, let me make one last point, and then if you can put me on the other side, and I'll hear your guys' responses to everything that I said. Um, one last point that you just alluded to that I wanted to say was uh, the Hawkeyes' defense is going to keep them in every ball game. If you only give up 21 points to the defending Big Ten champion uh, who put up 28 in the first quarter against a, a, an Indiana team that is – supposed to be a 6-6 six six ball club, um, uh, and they're one of the top five teams in the country, your defense is going to keep you in a ball game. It comes down to the execution on the offensive side of the football. We said it earlier. And, I, and, and the thing is, you have playmakers there, but I'm seeing play calling that is inconsistent, 
Uh, because why are if you have eight nine men in the box, then why do we keep running it uh, first down, second down, and then we try a pass that doesn't work, and then we have two or three three and outs, and we're down on a fourteen nothing hole. That was the same thing that happened uh, uh, in frustrating seasons in the past. You're going to have to create mismatches on your own. I, you guys tell me where would you create those mismatches? Would you run it out of a out of a three wide receiver shotgun set? with a single man in the backfield with Akram because I think that that's the only way that until you create an offensive identity that causes teams to respect the pass that opens up run lanes in a zone blocking scheme, you're going to have to become more inventive on offense to move forward throughout the season. John, I think you hit the other name on the head there. When you talk about mismatch and you talk about opportunity and playmaker, no offense the guy that jumps off that offensive uh, depth chart. He's a nightmare. So that's the guy that you've got to utilize a little bit more. That's the guy that you've got to find those mis- in those mismatches. Great phone call again, John. Most amazing part to me, he's able to keep his concentration with everything that was happening. Yeah, I know. Did I you mean, hear the ladies around him? I'm- I was here. I was trying to focus more on what the ladies were saying in the background. Sean was like, oh, he, Sean was dreaming that he was in Las Vegas. He was wishing he was. In he was throwing Las beads Vegas. at the window, That's John, right. to give you an idea what Travis or, or what Sean thought was going on there. John, whatever you do, don't take the little cards on on the strip and call the number after dark okay just don't do it okay you, uh, that trouble. was impressive it i mean because that you said I, the ocean's 11 so you you planted the image in our head yes that john's sitting there with the nice suit not wearing the tie because yeah. he's a cool dude. he's the brad pitt he's dude. got yeah right he's got the top uh, two buttons undone yeah chest hair popping out he's leaning over the counter at the bellagio or over the rail and then all of this craziness is happening behind him but he's just cool he's calm focused cool, collected Talking Hawkeyes dropped it, dropped. And you know what he got to do today besides go to an Elvis wedding? He got to watch the Hawks in a sports book. How cool would that be? That would be the best. Nineteen yards, the fewest since two thousand five, and the first time you're zero two in the Big Ten since two thousand eight. Great call as always, John. Appreciate it. Two eight four ten forty. That's the number. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsor. Come on for a 42-yard field goal attempt. He's two for two outside of 40 yards on the air. Three of four. Oh, look at They're going to fake it. Well, now they show fake, but are they going to snap it? Rastetter throws a pass. Caught! It's Colton Rastetter caught inside the 10. Inside the 10-yard line by A.J. Epinesa. Gary blew that call. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He blew the fake field goal call. I don't think he believed him. I, well, they show fake, but are they gonna are they gonna <laughs> hike it? You know, Ed's all excited. They're gonna fake it. They're gonna fake it. Well, they show fake, but are they gonna hike it? Oh my God! Presser threw the football. He threw it to AJ Epinesa. <laughs> let's talk to Frank. <laughs> Frank, thanks for calling. Jethro, sound off on WHO. How are you, sir? Son, how is everybody down there? Doing all right. Great. What do you want to share with us tonight, Frank? I'm doing well, you know, Frank. He's such a pal to me, you know. Yeah. Sir, you know, comes out and talks to me, and shakes my hand. He is a real, the real deal. Well, I appreciate that, Frank. That, yeah, remember, I remember, remember meeting you at the fairgrounds. You bet. Yeah, we were yeah. going to call. We're going to, you know, if I could get in free, I would do colors for the Ohio State game November first. Can you get in? We could do the Ohio State game at, at uh, the stadium. You said do color, like me and you take over Gary and Ed's job? Yeah, but you'd have to let me in free because, oh. you know, I won't actually buy tickets. To yeah. 
I don't have that kind of pull, Frank. I thought okay, you were saying I get guess, in free to I the guess, fairgrounds. I guess we'll have to do it over the radio then. Sure, sure. What did you think of today's game, Frank? Well, just think of this. 13-0. and This season is 13-0 and minus a defensive play, an offensive play, and kicking the ever-loving crap out of Ohio State November 4th. This, this season is the perfect season because we get to play Ohio State at home. You know, that's the whole season. Thanks for the phone call, Frank. Oh, I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, Frank. Go ahead. You know what I said about the first three games? They got their act together, and they kicked Penn State's butt. They were no, they did not. On the way back. They did not. And they played Michigan State. Um, sure, Michigan State held us, but I heard the at one point, right at the end of the game, Michigan State only had 73 yards. I'm saying Michigan State isn't that good, and Penn State will probably not win it. Ohio State, if we kick their butt, Michigan might win but it. But you all. didn't kick Penn State's then, butt. Then we go. To, you lost to Penn State. You no, know, we we play Michigan for the, all the marbles if we beat Ohio State. Man, I wish I could have some of what you're drinking or smoking tonight because this, it's football. You're the coach. You, what game do you want? It's like Michigan. What game do you want? You want Michigan if they're coming here. You don't want you don't want to play Texas. That doesn't do you any good. Good to hear from you, Frank. Long time, buddy. You know what? Well, okay. What? The no. Fair, the fair's over. You know. Fair's over. Fair's in August. Yeah. November four. See you, buddy. I'm speechless. I'm rarely speechless when it comes to doing radio. Frank's left me speechless for many years, man. Well, you, I mean, you're his good buddy. I, I've, I, I've met Frank. I've, I, I recognize Frank's what, voice. What, I, what, I've talked to Frank a lot. What My years was Frank trying that. to say? I, dude, welcome to Conversations with Frank. Tommy's more coherent than Frank. He has his moments. Frank's, he started off he strong. Gets, yeah, yeah. He called in a couple weeks ago, and he was really good. But you can't say that you kicked the crap out of Penn State when it's not accurate. Yeah, it's just... First of all, you lost to Penn State, and you gave up almost 600 yards of total offense to yeah. Penn State. Now, you did a good job of keeping Penn State out of the end zone and keeping the game close, but you didn't kick the crap out of Penn State. You didn't kick the crap out of Michigan State either. Now, Michigan State didn't do anything great offensively. Only had 300 yards, had 68 total plays. Now listen, how many guys ran the ball for them? How many? They had what seven guys that got carries today? They ran a couple. A few of those were receivers. Of course, the quarterback, Lewerke, got out multiple times. He led the team in rushing with 42 yards. I mean, they really they they threw everything at that defense. You didn't beat the crap out of Penn State. No. Come on, no, not at all. You know, you know, you look at what the defense wasn't able to do today, and you know, it's not like it's not like Michigan State ran all over the place. No, but something to watch as the season goes forward. You had McSorley last week. You had the Michigan State quarterback this week. Working Crouch next week with Illinois. Yeah. It's about containing that quarterback. And Nathan Budget had talked about that after the game today. 
containing the quarterback. That's our. Uh, that's we're having a problem with that, and uh, we need more from guys. And it starts with me up front, and uh, it starts in practice. You know, quarterback containment is, is huge, especially if you're going to start seeing some mobile guys. You're not going to see it out of Wisconsin. You're not going to see it really out of a Nebraska. Travis, you know what a mobile quarterback can do to this defense? Disrupt its rhythm. Yes. This this defense starts to settle in. Uh, we, we tried to explain to Tom earlier about the the overall game plan. The reason that you're keeping those safeties back, the reason that you're trying to make them make those difficult pass plays is because it's hard to do that over and over and over again. Uh, a mobile quarterback can disrupt the rhythm of that defense. And that's exactly what uh, McSorley did last week. It's what... Lewerke was able to do today. They don't have to kill you with their feet. And Lewerke dis- wasn't anything spectacular. No, no, they don't have to kill you. They just have to disrupt that rhythm on defense. And he did a very good job of that today. Which, you know, and that, and that happens to certain types of defenses. And, yeah. and I wouldn't say Iowa's a type of athletic defense that can fly all over the place and beat you with speed. Josie Jewell can. Travis, those defenses that give you that space. Yeah. That, that space that you have to make the play within. When you're rushing four guys and you've got five guys to block those four, and then the work he has linebackers dropping back into coverage, that's going to create space. That's what McSorley and the worky were able to utilize. 284-1040, that's the number to call if you want to be on the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. It's your show, so keep on calling. We want to hear from you. Iowa loses 17-7 to Michigan State. We're here till 11 o'clock. He's Ross Peterson. I'm Travis Justice on News Radio 1040 WHO. Oh. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040. W-H-O. We're here till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to get in on the show, please do so at 515-284-1040. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. Hawkeyes lose to Michigan State today, 17-7. to Russell wants to know on Twitter at SoundOffWHO, who the hell screens your calls? Well, that all falls on Sean Roberts because he's a, he's a phenomenal call screener is what he is. And uh, I, it's okay. What I do. You didn't do anything. I think they're talking about Frank. I think they're I talking think it's about obvious Frank. that they're talking about yes. Frank. Frank, I thought, brought up some valid points, <laughs> and it needed to be broadcasted on the air. <laughs> We're thirteen and zero. Well, back it up if you back time. I don't know what he was trying to do. Well, let's uh, see if you can redeem uh, yourself with the call screening duty, Sean. As we go to Iowa Falls, that's where Russ is. Russ, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty WHO. Yeah, why can't they? Uh do a little more blitzing once in a while. It, it seems like when they do, it helps out the team a little bit. And uh, I don't think uh, the football team lost the, the game last week. I think the coach did. If he would have kicked one field goal, they would have won the game. I'll take my answer off the phone. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Did you get that a lot last week, Travis? No, you know, we Coaches did. lost the game last we week? We didn't get that at all last week. Matter of fact, I, I think some stuff festers over the week, and people start itching at it, and they poking at it, and it gets on their nerves, Oof. and they finally say, I'm going to wait till Saturday night, and I'm going to call sound off, and I'm going to bitch about last week. Russ, I'm no, I, can't, I can't agree with you on that, that the coaches lost that game last week. I think Penn State won that game with a great drive in the final seconds. 
and they beat a tired defense. I don't think they ran was... ninety nine plays last week. Think, put this in perspective, folks. They ran ninety nine plays a week ago. Michigan State today ran what sixty eight total. Uh, looks like that to me, right? Twenty, yeah, sixty eight. Sixty eight. Twenty eight passes and forty rushes. 99 plays, and you went against the best player in college football. For 31 more plays. Who had how many yards of total, like, all-purpose yards? Uh, You you would have a lot better idea. I wouldn't. The coaching staff didn't lose that game. Iowa didn't even lose that game. Penn State won that game. Blitz more is a common criticism, Russ, that uh, this Hawkeye defense has heard a lot. Again, that goes back to our conversation with uh, with Tom earlier in the show, that's just not part of the game plan. It's it's not the way that Kirk Ferentz sees a winning strategy of football. They are blitzing. I I think they're even blitzing a little bit more this year than we thought they would. You know, we haven't seen, seen the, the Raider past. package all that that's often. That's true. That's a good point, Travis. Um, but listen, I mean, they were five of fourteen on third down conversions. Mm-hmm. Five of fourteen. Michigan State controlled the ball thirty three minutes of total time of possession. Um. But when you got a guy, you have to be careful when you blitz. Because if you get beat on the blitz, bad things happen. And the secondary has not been fantastic no. this year. So you're, when you blitz, you put a lot more pressure on that secondary. You didn't have one of your better cornerbacks playing today for health reasons, apparently. So I, I feel like you saw an, a pretty good amount of, of, of blitzes and pressure over the last couple of weeks for what the game plan is. Plus, you got a mobile quarterback and you got right. a great wide receiver uh, that Michigan State has. Now is a great time to call. 284-1040-800-469-4295. It's not a long wait. We've been at like 30-minute waits before you get yeah. on the air before. Luke's going to be on the air waiting less than a minute. Uh, Luke's, uh, yeah, and you're right. And uh, we got twi- we got tweets coming in on Twitter, too, at SoundOffWHO. Luke in Cedar Falls, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue SoundOff. Oh, and then he blew his he, he, opportunity. He up. You see what Luke did? He hung up. Luke changes Who the threshold. Who hangs up on the people I feel show. like people are trying to make me look bad here. <laughs> they wouldn't do that, Sean. Mike in West Des Moines. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, I just wanted to comment on something you said, Ross, just a minute ago about you said that uh, when the guy was talking about the blitz, and you said, well, that's just not in Kirk Ferentz's strategy. I think that that's kind of the whole point, don't you think? Yeah, that's. I understand that's what the complaint is. That's why I tried to say. That's a common criticism of Kirk Ferentz's defense, but that's just the way it is. And I, And quite frankly, I don't feel like with the personnel you had on the field today, blitzing was what was going to make a big difference. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's not really what I meant. I guess what I meant is that the comment about that's Kirk Ferentz's strategy, but his strategy, honestly, is kind of, it's almost like it's a losing strategy. Kirk Ferentz does not play to win. Kirk Ferentz plays to not lose. And so what he does is he sets up his team. He always puts his team in the worst position possible because he's afraid to try to actually win the game. The offense, when you put so much pressure, like you guys said earlier, what did you say, uh, Penn State ran how many plays? They ran 99 99 plays a week ago. 99 plays with that offense. You're going to put that kind of pressure on your defense? 
because you're afraid to take a chance with your offense. I don't think it's afraid, Mike. And I, I think you say when you say he's afraid to win games, you don't mean that. What what you're trying to say is you disagree with Kirk Ferentz's opinion on what the best way to win games is. That's what yeah, it is. I, yeah, Kirk, that's fair. It's that's not that fair. it's not that he's afraid to win. It's not that he doesn't want to try to win. He he realizes he's got limited amounts of playmakers out there. We've talked about two: Noah Fant and Akram Wadley. He realizes that he has a defense that he has to play within the uh, the parameters of your secondary is not great, and your defensive line; those four guys are not able to always break pressure. So you've got to keep those linebackers in that gray area in between. So that's and that, that's just the fact of it. We can bitch that he doesn't blitz enough. I don't think that that's going to make a big difference. And I think on top of that, the right thing to say when people are bitching about it is. You might be rooting for the wrong football team because this guy is just not going to be blitzing that often. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not even really talking about the defensive side because the defense, unbel- it, you know, frankly, this, this defense is is phenomenal. Yeah, look I what agree. look what Penn State did to Indiana today. But it's it's the offensive game plan where he really just plays to not lose the game on the offensive side because he knows he has this phenomenal defense that'll always keep him in the game. But you cannot continuously put that kind of pressure on your defense and never take a take a, a a gamble or take a risk or take a chance on the offensive side. You know this this continuous always playing to not make a mistake or not turn over the ball or not lose the game puts so much pressure on that defense. I mean, he's he's lucky that he's got guys like Josie Jewell and you know. Frankly, all probably fifteen of the def- defensive guys that, that that tend to play on a regular basis, but he has got to just take the 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 leash off or whatever, however you want to put it, of the offense. I don't. I don't know. I'm curious. I know. I know you guys don't know the answer to this, but I, I'm just wondering if this ridiculous play calling is is um, exposing Brian Ferentz. Or if he's just, you know, at the mercy of his dad, because the the play calling today was just about the worst I've ever seen. Or or, or is it? Or is it, Mike? They don't have a, a full confidence in Nate Stanley yet. Maybe well, you know it, that maybe, might be it. Yeah, maybe they go okay because we have we have to assume. I mean, we get frustrated. I think, and you're frustrated. I think everybody's frustrated. But I but I the older I get, the more I appreciate. These guys see something that happens every day in practice. Yeah. They know what a guy is limited to. They know what his skill set is. Same thing with why is Colton Rastater still punting yes. when you've got a freshman that's on scholarship? Well, obviously in practice, the freshman isn't better. You know, we yeah, keep... there, there, there may be just something there where they just don't think that Stanley is the playmaker. You know, that I think that sort of the the uninformed public thinks you know thinks that we've got the next and, and quite winner. frankly yeah right Mike well, quite and, frankly and, we got spoiled a little and, bit in those in the three of those first and four here's quarters. and here's the problem and and, and it's it, and almost every sports show's guilty of this we're guilty of it over on KXNO Iowa sends out these beautiful little game notes before a game you know they give you all these and they start running down the statistics of what Nate Stanley's done in his first three or four starts how he compares with Chuck Hartlieb how he compares with Chuck Long and you start picturing Hartlieb and Long in your in your head and what they did in their career 
we keep forgetting that he's just a sophomore, and we think, well, he's put up those numbers against this far. He must be of that caliber. Hmm. And the truth That's is, good. he's not that caliber yet. He's had good games, but I still think he's limited, and I think we've seen it the last two weeks of what those limits are. Agreed. All right? Yeah. Great phone call, yeah, that's Mike. true. Uh, yeah, I just real quick. I guess on the positive side, he gets better every game. And that's, that's true. That's the positive thing going going through this thing. I mean, also, I, I just want to ask the question: Does that guy have small hands or something? Because he drops the ball a lot. I don't know. I've never <laughs> shook hands with you know that you know down down on like the four yard line where he just kind of dropped it. I'm just wondering. It just seems like he does have a little bit of a little bit of trouble hanging onto the ball sometimes. <laughs> But uh, anyway, okay. Right, thanks, thanks, Mike. thanks, Mike. Good show. Bye. Thank you, sir. We got to take a break. Two eight four ten forty. I think the legend's coming up next. Interact with us, Joe. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio ten forty. W-H-O. All right, we're here till 11 o'clock tonight. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Iowa loses at Michigan State today 17 to 7. Hawks drop to 0 and 2 in the Big Ten, 3 and 2 overall. Up next, the Illinois Fighting Lion next week for homecoming, but we have a lot to talk about yet tonight as the Hawks lose to the Spartans as they were offensively inept. And this comes from Twitter. And it is, where'd that go? Here it is from Brad. Nepotism never works. What a joke of an offensive coordinator. I guess Greg Davis wasn't too bad. You knew this was going to happen. The honeymoon's over. Yeah, uh, we saw this the day that uh, Brian Ferentz was announced as the offensive coordinator. That's the most chastised position on that uh, staff. When you look at the history of Coach Ferentz, his era, the offensive coordinator is by far the most critiqued position in that staff absolutely and more so than the defensive coordinator ever much has been so, right much more than the head coach has been for maybe but one year agreed absolutely Ken right. O'Keefe Travis. took a beating yeah. Greg Davis took a beating and Brian Ferentz is going to take a beating so if you're scoring at home that means the last two comments we've heard from listeners are the offense sucks and the defense sucks Tim wanted to know why for he says I've been a Hawkeye fan my entire life and we've had crappy pass defense that entire time. Why is that? It's by design in a weird way, Tim. And I know this is going to be a, a tough sell, but hear me out for just 30 seconds here. The idea behind it is the most difficult thing in football to do is complete passes. And you want the other team to do that, or you're going to challenge them to do that over and over and over again. You're not going to give up any deep balls. You're always going to have a couple of safeties deep, and you're always going to try to stop the run, and you're going to force them into making that pass over and over and over again. Most teams can't do it, and that's why the Hawkeyes end up with winning records and end up shutting down teams uh, a lot of times. That's why you get these fantastic defensive performances. But some teams are able to do it. Michigan State, very early on, we were sitting here watching the game, and right away I said to Travis, uh-oh, this is trouble. Lewerke was 4-for-4 four for, four for 48 yards in that first touchdown drive. Now, that's, that's, by, that's how you beat this Hawkeye defense. So I know that's really hard when the corners are sitting seven yards off the receivers on, on third and four. 
It's really difficult to watch that. It's it's by design. I'm gonna, I'm still working on getting our buddy Derek Pagel in studio with us. He'd be a great one to explain this. He was a safety in Kirk Ferentz system uh, and went on and played in the NFL. He can pl- explain why it is they do that. Empty backfield. Lewerke lobs to the corner of the end zone. Caught touchdown by Felton Davis again. Oh, they are just schooling Michael Ojemudia. They're really going after him. Felton Davis was a beast today, mm-hmm. just a, a hell of a player, and he had nine receptions, 114 yards, two Man. touchdown receptions. 284-1040, that's the number to call. We have a couple lines open. We'd love to hear from you tonight. It's going to be uh, three hours of Hawk Talk. Let's go to Lucas in Des Moines. You're on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hey, I just had a few things to say. First of all, I'd, I'd like to be the first to probably call in and defend Brian Ferentz. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no. Lucas, are you there? Uh, I'm there. I'm there. Okay, good. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I thought I lost there. No, no we're I'd here. Like to, I'd like to defend him. I think that uh, the play calling has actually ha- has not been that bad. Mm. I think he's done a good job of mixing in the pass to run. I was always going to be a running a running program. That's just what they do. I just think the, ex- the execution just wasn't there yeah. today. I mean, Stanley, we saw him make one deep throw to easily. That was a great throw, but then the next play – he throw a two-yard pass to somebody's legs. I just think they're going through a lot of growing pains with a young football team. But I, I think Brian Ferentz has done a fine job this year, aside from the safety last week against Penn State. I had to go there. 100% Lucas. I, I love that uh, qualifier that you threw in at the end. And I couldn't agree more with you. Travis and I have had this conversation throughout the day also. We've seen a lot of stuff about Brian Ferentz. Travis just read that tweet. I think he's done a pretty good job. I can't fault Brian Ferentz for the playmakers not making the plays. And again today, Nate Stanley overthrows a couple of passes. He underthrows a guy on big third down when he he had a a receiver open in the flat. I agree with Lucas. I'm I'm not going to fault Brian Ferentz. You had the fake field goal. He mixed things up quite a bit. Tried Akron Wadley several times. Didn't give up on him despite the fact that he was having tough sledding. So I'm with Lucas. I, I'm, I will defend Brian Ferentz in his play call. And, and I've seen enough football over the last 30 years of my life, Lucas, to, to, to tend to agree with you. And Ross hit the big thing. You know, when, when Iowa went undefeated a couple of years ago, nobody was complaining about Greg Davis. Why? Because guys were making plays. Mm-hmm. And if guys don't make plays, it's hard to get yourself into a rhythm. We talked, you heard us say it earlier, getting into a rhythm, finding some kind of of just momentum. When you can't create that and your playmakers don't make plays, it kind of hamstrings you a little bit. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's – I think the criticisms that Ken O'Keefe got, that Greg Davis got, and Brian Ferris going to get are a little unfair because you still need guys to execute. People forget that you have to execute when it comes to, to making plays. Now, there are sometimes you, in situations you go – I don't quite get that. But overall, I'm not going to fault the play calling. I will say this. You're right. I was always going to be a run-first team. But then you got to have more than 25 attempts, and you got to have more than 19 yards. Yeah. Lucas, thanks for the phone call. And that brings us to another tweet. You can always tweet us at SoundOffWHO. Is there a chance that Nate Stanley audibles too much? I hope the coaches don't lose faith in him. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, I don't think he audibles too much. I think he's had a tough time audibling into the right plays. Either that or, like today, they pointed out on the broadcast, on the television broadcast, it looked like the linebackers anticipated what he was audibling into, which, I mean, that's that's part of the chess game there, right? So uh, I, I would say 
that's probably more of the issue. Not how much he's audibling, but what he's audibling into. Because we had, and, and somebody did pose the question. That I think it was our buddy Bill Blank on Twitter, the comedian, who said, I, I can't remember Nate Stanley audibling into the right play ever. He did a couple times against Iowa State, and he did a couple of times against Penn State. Tonight, he, today, he struggled in that department. I don't know how Iowa's audible system is set up. And let me be specific about this. A lot of quarterbacks, if you're very experienced or in the National Football League, can have a, I can audible to anything I want. I, I, I don't think Nate Stanley has that green light. I think when he sees a defensive set they've gone over, he maybe has one or two plays he can check down to. So I wouldn't, I mean, people, so don't be surprised if that audible is already set and decided by right, right. by the offensive coaching staff. I, I mean, when you That's hear audible, it's it's not like we're playing in the backyard, all right? You can't go, hey, Ross, you do a 10-yard curl. Sean, you go deep on a fly. That doesn't happen. You, you've watched so much game film over the course of the week that you say, hey, when they come up in this defensive set, if you see it, you're going to check down to this. Yeah. It's not always Nate Stanley. That's what's been predetermined during the week during film session. You wouldn't want to waste my speed on a curl route anyway. <laughs> Uh, 284-1040. That's the number to call. Let's go. You know, usually he's the first of the show. Now, Something happened. Now he's like, I don't know, 15th in the second segment. Tom in North Liberty. I don't care. No, that's, that's, that's incorrect because there's a such thing called the iHeartRadio app that you can listen to us right when we go on the air. Hey, all right, you got me. Okay, right. I know I do. Next time, I'm, next time I'm on the road, when I go to Northwestern, I'll, I'll, I'll be better, okay? All right. Here's uh, what I want to tell you. Go ahead, Tom. I agree with you. You cannot beat up Brian Ferris because our punt returner doesn't figure out that when the ball's coming down at the stick, he should let it go. I mean, good Lord. Josh Jackson needs to learn that he can let that go, and maybe it'll go in the end zone and start at the 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, a couple of times today, Tom. He had uh, he he made a few rough decisions. He was saved once by that penalty, uh, the punt with the the final punt that Michigan State turned it over to the Hawkeyes with a minute to go. He was saved on that one. Yeah, that that was terrible. Hey, I got one other quick thing to say. Go ahead. That's kind of an announcement for our listeners tonight. Next time Iowa has a home night game, I have it on good authority from Topper and Moose. There are no bed bugs in Williamsburg. Thanks for the phone call, Tom. That was a little weird. It's it's only eight fifteen, and it's getting weird. Don't quite get it. And our next phone call is coming from Missouri. Missouri is it okay? Oh, is it Missouri or is it Missouri? It's Missouri. It's not Missouri. I, okay, I think not it depends on where you're at in Missouri. Missouri. No, it does. No, Jared, is it Missouri or Missouri? There's an I T N, so it's Missouri. Okay, but you know what I'm talking about, Jared. Yeah, I know. I, I, there's people in here that say it's Missouri too. And you uh, called up on a rotary phone today. <laughs> yeah. No. What's up, Jared? Well, my biggest concern is family still cannot make that long distance connection or. The middle range. So, anybody, any defensive coordinator is going to load the box because Stanley has still not got the touch on long range passes or 
middle. Jared, he had he had three passes today that he overthrew by ten yards. Uh, yeah, Jared, it's a, it's an issue, man. He launched a couple balls. It seems like he's missing those long passes by about that same five to seven yard range uh, every time. And I, I guess my take on it is, if they haven't figured out what's going on with him, if they haven't figured out how to dial that back in. Take it out of the playbook. It, it's it seems like a waste to just keep chucking it up there at this point. His his completion percentage over twenty five yards can't be very good. I mean, Travis, how many have we had? Three or four on the season? Yeah, not. I'd like to get. I wish I had that stat on the tip of my fingertips. Yeah. I don't have it. I don't either. But but uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe we should look that one up. Uh, Sean, start efforting that. We'll see how that goes. He was on the phone. 284. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by. Every muscle in that left leg. And, oh, boy, this is not a good punt. Returnable from the 43-yard line. And off to the races. Returning inside the 30 is Lares Nelson. 36-yard punt. Iowa couldn't run the football today. Iowa couldn't punt the football today. Iowa loses football game. 17-7, the final score. Dropping to 0-2 in the Big Ten. 3-2 overall in the season. Uh, disappointing loss for the Hawkeyes. Run game non-existent. No rhythm. And uh, Ross just... It just It's been a weird... Especially coming off to the emotion of last week where people were okay losing. It hurt to lose, but they're like, okay, we just took Penn State to the wire. Uh, I felt that same way. I didn't feel good about losing. It was and, a heartbreaking yeah, I don't believe loss. in moral victories, but you're like, okay, they can line up and play against uh, anybody. That's absolutely how we felt Sunday uh, up in Canada with because I was with a bunch of Hawkeye friends up there. So we absolutely walked away from that Penn State game saying, you know, it sucks that you lost that heartbreaker, but, man, this team is really good. You've mentioned rhythm twice now, Travis. It You're going to hear me say it for the next two and a half hours. It wasn't just at the stadium. wasn't just with the Hawkeyes. We felt it in this room. We felt it. Gary and Ed were off their game today in a big way, it felt like. Uh, it, today was a funky day. I don't know how to describe it. It just seemed like weird energy and weird mojo all day everywhere with this Hawkeye team. Olay on Twitter says, you know, I think... The last two weeks of is the offense we expected to see to start the year. Young guys making mistakes. That's very good, Olay. I, I think that's right. If you would have seen this against Wyoming and Iowa State, we would have said, ah, oh, this is what we expected. Everybody knew we were going to have to run the ball and they could put a bunch of pressure on Nate Stanley. We were spoiled there early on. Nate Stanley looked fantastic, I thought. Take away that first quarter and a half of Wyoming. Those first two games, he looked really good. It's... Uh, it, and I'm not putting blame on Nate Stanley right now, but he's got to be a little bit more of a playmaker than he was today. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go back to the phones. Been waiting on a, on hold for about a half hour. Chris in Des Moines. Welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, thanks very much, gentlemen. Lifelong Hawkeye fan, big fan of the show. Love to call in. I usually always call in and comment on the offense. Maybe familiar with my voice by now. Not as familiar as Tommy's, but uh, you know, uh, <laughs> nobody. None, none of us are, Chris. None of us. No, no, no. And, you know, lifelong Hawks fan, don't try to bicker too much. I just love the show that you guys have it. The thing that kind of confuses me today, I didn't get to watch the game without the golf tournament, but you got to listen to Ed and, you know, uh, Gary on there. And, and, of course, 
the one thing that strikes me is this. Eddie always says our offense needs to find its identity. Well, I feel like that's exactly it, right? I'm a little bit confused. I don't understand why with the two running backs we have, why we come up with the kind of yardage we come up with the end of the day today. So I'm just going to hang up, and I'm going to let you guys comment on that. I know it's a tough question, but I mean, I, I don't get it. So, I mean, I mean, is it our line? Is it is it we're calling the wrong plays at the wrong time? I mean, I mean, what is? Very good questions, Chris. That, I think that's probably the question. Is it offensive line play? Is it the you're going to find a lot of people that are going to blame all of those things that you mentioned. Offensive line play is something that Travis and I mentioned. Play calling is something that a few different listeners have tried to mention. Playmakers is another part of this. When you say... I, mean, I feel like we have the playmakers. We have a good line. We have a father-son combination in terms of play calling that should be on the same page, which maybe we've been missing for a few years. And I don't. I feel like we're really close. But I feel like yet we're so far. It, it, it was a very interesting day to day to be a Hawkeye, in my opinion, just listening to us struggle with running the ball. I mean, well, I think we have to, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case. And Chris, thanks for the phone call. Are the first three games a false narrative of what we thought the identity was? Yes, they are, because the offensive line is not good enough to be this one dimensional. And that's the dangers of a of a non conference week schedule. Absolutely right, Travis. You can build some false confidence in that. And let's speak. I mean, I want to slow down on that. Yeah, it's I not mean, I'm not saying they're Penn horrible. State, yeah, we, I'm just we, saying I don't know if we know what the identity is. That's yet. fair. That's fair. And when he says, when when Chris says we have got two great running backs, let's not forget Butler's not available right now. So that's why we haven't seen him. He's still hurt. Torin Young, uh, a listener earlier, wanted to know about him. Jerry mentioned his name. That's a good question. Torin Young looked real impressive. Ivory Kelly Martin is going to be a playmaker, I think, down the road. Right now, he's not able to do that against a really good defense. And I think that's the other thing to throw into the soup here continuously, Travis. This Michigan State defense is real good. They're not Penn State good. They're real good. I, I really think Penn State or I mean Michigan State and I were about the same team. Yeah, agreed. You know, yep. I, I you, you come back to Iowa City. I think City the work is probably a little bit better, you know, a little bit more of a playmaker than yeah. you have with Nate Stanley. But I think seventeen ten, you look at the history of these two teams together. Um you, you just and 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 the games they play, Iowa and Michigan State are about the same. That's the way I look at it. I think that's fair, Travis, absolutely. Two eight four ten forty. That's the number to call. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Soundoff WHO. Troy in Urbandale, stay there. John in Indiana, stay there. John always has an entertaining take and and look at the game. Passionate, informed. How did he get the? Who's this? I'm just trying to figure out who got the hotline. The Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Might have a newsmaker coming up next. On News Radio 1040 WHO.
Fox News Radio, I'm Joe Chiro. About a third of telecommunications and half the water service have been restored in Puerto Rico, but returning power to the island is expected to take much longer. Another problem is standing water. It's filthy, and people are using it for their basic needs. Because of that, hospitals are already seeing an influx of people with gastrointestinal problems. They anticipate more. That standing water breeds mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes spread all kinds of horrible things. Health officials are worried about the potential of dengue fever. Fox's Mike Tobin. President Trump on Twitter today saying it's important NFL players stand tomorrow and always for the national anthem. At least 10 teams are expected to stand together, some even locking arms during the anthem. Three NFL teams decided not to come out of the locker room at all for the anthem last week. The Steelers, Seattle Seahawks, and Tennessee Titans. Fox's Brian Yenis. Fox News. We report. You decide. Turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsor. Quiet Riot. Nice selection there, Sean. I remember this was a top 40 hit. Aging myself a little bit. You're old. I am very old. I think this guy's about your age. I've met Troy from Urbandale. I think he's a, he's about your age. You think so, so? Maybe I should slow down on saying old. I'm just such a young 39, Troy. Yeah, but you That's grew up on the problem. east side. You look old. Oh, thanks for that. That's all that rough living I've done. <laughs> well, I'd rather hear Quiet Riot than the music I was envisioning with the Missouri caller. Stop. If nothing, we're going to be nice neighbors, You're okay? You're well, did, did you guys have a soundtrack going through your mind? I'm just, just good. Um, Deliverance I, I, might have popped up. Um, hey, it's great to have you back, Ross. Great to have Sean there as well. And Travis, always a pleasure. Thanks for bringing the sound off. Wanted to follow up on a couple of your points. I think uh, what what Ross was saying, the Hawks miss Butler. I think they were counting on him for 15 touches and more of a LaShawn Daniels role. And someone I was watching the game with said, Wadley's in the first half, Wadley's kind of dancing through the hole. You got you to gotta hit the hole. Uh, quicker, and I think he did that in the second half. I think they improved the run game, but I, you know, you don't want Wadley to have 30 touches, and he's just a different type of back. I think they were looking for Butler to be uh, sort of a power back, so I think that was a good take there, Ross. And then Travis's point that these two teams are mirror images of each other, and it's always hard to go to Michigan State and win, and and this, especially when you lose the field goal, field, uh, excuse me, field position with the punt game and hopefully we you know we've since Pat Summerall we know that you when you stand on the 10 yard line and you take a fair catch anything inside that you're supposed to let it go so I don't I think they'll get that cleaned up as well and uh you know an unfortunate turnover going into score was a big thing so yeah. you lose the turnover battle at Michigan State it's always tough Troy, I think that old cliche of keep your heels on the 10 and don't step back to catch it, I think that's out the window. Uh, With how often and how good punters are at uh, dropping the ball inside the 10 and then having it downed and how how fast these cover guys are getting down, I've noticed this across college football, that fair catching the ball inside the 10-yard line doesn't seem to be the no-no that it was just a few years ago. So just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying that we won't see uh, Josh Jackson try to live by that rule the rest of the time. Um, I would hope they certainly talk to him about catching the ball a yard deep in the end zone and trying to bring it out. Well, and they had a short field to punt on, too. Maybe that was the problem. Right. They were pooching it a lot in there. 
Um, these teams are very similar. Going to Michigan State has always been a challenge, uh, and especially when you turn the ball over and lose the field position battle. Defense played well, though, I thought. Yeah, yeah defense did play good again. I mean, the, you take away that first drive where uh, Lewerke is just able to find every receiver he's looking for. He goes four for four. He's able to hit, what was the big guy's name? Or Travis, I'm already, uh, I'm trying to block it out already, Davis. Charles uh, Rogers? Uh, yeah, yeah, Charles Rogers, exactly. <laughs> well, that they've was had, they've Felt, had a bunch of them there. Felton Davis. Felton he had nine Davis catches the third. Yeah, yeah, I'm already trying to block it out. Uh, that When you're picking them apart like that, that's what that defense, that's the hole that defense is designed to show you. So, you know, hat, tip tip the cap to Lewerke for doing it. Hope the Hawks get healthy against Illinois. There's some, hopefully some better games ahead. Yeah, you've got Illinois and the bye week coming up. And I'm not trying to look past Illinois, but... I, think, I am. I'm going I out of town. Hawks, I think the Hawks are going to be able to beat a team that just lost to Nebraska 28-6. to Thanks, and, Troy. And, and I think they're going to be able to run. Zigbo had over 108 yards for, 100 yards for Nebraska yesterday. Okay. Uh, and Nebraska hasn't been running the football that much. And, and, you know, Nebraska was leading the Big Ten in pass attempts, settled down, went to a running game yesterday. And that made the biggest difference. They ran it right down Illinois' throat. You know, Iowa's now lost three in a row to Michigan State. Uh, of course, lost today, 17-7. to uh, Lost in the Big Ten Championship game, 16-13. Uh, lost in 2013, 26-14. Won in 2012, 19-16. I mean, it just shows you how close these games are. Yeah. And, and I was just going through it. It's hard to even find a blowout. Um, and most of it is, is when Iowa blows them out. I mean, they're just traditionally very close games. All right, sit back and relax because this guy's going to take up about five minutes of, of sound off time, but it's always good takes. It's always good it stuff. It is. Yep. John's ed- educated and passionate. I, I, think, I think John is in Vegas tonight. I am reporting live from the strip uh, for a Vegas wedding where Elvis himself officiated. For my friends, it's John from Indiana in Las Vegas. John, why do I picture you, one of the guys from Ocean's 12, you're leaning over the Bellagio right now, watching the fountains, and you're just going to walk away with like $10 million in cash. Already did it last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, two interesting facts that I'm not sure if you guys talked about. Uh, these are the, the 19 rushing yards today. is the fewest that the Hawkeyes have had in a single game since 2005 when they had minus nine against Ohio State. Iowa now 0-2 in the Big Ten for the first time since 2008. Uh, you you have to know where your bread's buttered. And uh, let me tell you something that I've noticed over the last three games, uh, whether it was Iowa State and the game-tying touchdown by Akron Wadley out of a single-back uh, three-wide receiver shotgun set where they put him in motion and then he did a a little uh, uh, short cross across the the infield, uh, like within the first five yards. Then whether it was uh, against Penn State uh, last week with the store with the score that put us ahead, um, the way that you get your playmaker the ball is you're going to have to either run the ball out of a shotgun three wide receiver set and spread teams out until. Nathan Stanley can prove that he can hit the deep ball and that he can be consistent on short throws, which comes down to execution on the wide receivers. Once again, another game where we dropped the ball uh, several times. 
And the two playmakers that I think uh, Ross Peterson's uh, partner in crime, Chris Williams, said kept him up at night before the Cyclone game were Noah Fant and Akron Wadley. You have to get the ball into your playmaker's hand. We're not getting it into our playmaker's hand. And I would say if Brian Ferentz is supposed to be this innovative OC, he's going to have to find interesting ways to create mismatches going forward because you obviously have a, I think, two new tackles on the offensive line. Yes. Um, and these the, the inexperience is showing. The potential is there, but the inexperience is showing, and the inconsistency is also showing. So uh, am I jumping the ship? No. We remember how 2008 uh, turned, uh, turned around and Iowa made an outback bowl, but uh, trips to Indy, uh, slim and none, and Slim's revving up the car right now. I, and I wouldn't, you know, I, there's still a chance. I, after what Wisconsin did today, uh, which was come back and beat Northwestern home, almost gave it away late. But I, I think when you look at the West right now, Minnesota got beat uh, for the first time. Nebraska's uh, has Wisconsin coming up, has Ohio State coming up, has a tough road to come. I, th- I think Wisconsin right now is the team to beat in the West Division. Completely and that's right. low hanging fruit. Let me make one last point, and then if you can put me on the other side, and I'll hear your guys' responses to everything that I said. Um, one last point that you just alluded to that I wanted to say was uh, the Hawkeyes' defense is going to keep them in every ball game. If you only give up 21 points to the defending Big Ten champion uh, who put up 28 in the first quarter against a, a, an Indiana team that is – supposed to be a 6-6 six and six ball club, um, uh, and they're one of the top five teams in the country, your defense is going to keep you in a ball game. It comes down to the execution on the offensive side of the football. We said it earlier. And, I, and, and the thing is, you have playmakers there, but I'm seeing play calling that is inconsistent uh, because why are, if you have eight, nine men in the box, then why do we keep running it uh, first down, second down, and then we try a pass that doesn't work, and then we have two or three three and outs, and we're down on a 14 nothing hole. That was the same thing that happened uh, uh, in frustrating seasons in the past. You're going to have to create mismatches on your own. I, you guys tell me, where would you create those mismatches? Would you run it out of a, out of a three-wide receiver shotgun set with a single man in the backfield with Akram? Because I think that that's the only way that until you create an offensive identity – that causes teams to respect the pass that opens up run lanes in a zone blocking scheme, you're going to have to become more inventive on offense and to move forward throughout the season. John, I think you hit the other name on the head there. When you talk about mismatch and you talk about opportunity and playmaker, no offense the guy that jumps off that offensive depth chart. He's a nightmare. So that's the guy that you've got to utilize a little bit more. That's the guy that you've got to find those mis- in those mismatches. Great phone call again, John. Most amazing part to me, he's able to keep his concentration with everything that was happening. Yeah, I know. Did I you mean, hear the ladies around him? I, I was here. I was trying to focus more on what the ladies were saying in the background. Sean was like, oh, he, Sean was dreaming that he was in Las Vegas. He was wishing he was. In he was throwing Las beads Vegas. at the window, that's John, right. to give you an idea what Travis or, or what Sean thought was going on there. John, whatever you do, don't take the little cards on on the strip and call the number after dark okay just don't do it 
Okay, uh, that was impressive. It I mean, because that we, you said I, the Ocean's Eleven, so you you planted the image in our head. Yes, that John's sitting there with the nice suit, not wearing the tie because yeah. he's a cool dude. He's the Brad Pitt. He's dude. got yeah, right. He's got the top uh, two buttons undone. Yeah, chest hair popping out. He's leaning over the counter at the Bellagio or over the rail. And then all of this craziness is happening behind him, but he's just cool. He's calm, focused, cool, collected, talking Hawkeyes. Dropped, he, dropped. And you know what he got to do today besides go to an Elvis wedding? He got to watch the Hawks in a sports book. How cool would that be? That would be the best. 19 yards, the fewest since 2005, and the first time you're 0-2 in the Big Ten since 2008. Great call as always, John. Appreciate it. Two eight four ten forty. That's never. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsor. Come on for a 42-yard field goal attempt. He's two for two outside of 40 yards on the air. Three of four. Oh, look at They're going to fake it. Well, now they show fake, but are they going to snap it? Rastetter throws a pass. Caught! It's Colton Rastetter caught inside the 10. Inside the 10-yard line by A.J. Epinesa. Gary blew that call. I mean, let's be honest. He blew the fake field goal call. I don't think he believed him. I, well, they show fake, but are they gonna are they gonna <laughs> hike it? You know, Ed's all excited. They're gonna fake it. They're gonna fake it. Well, they show fake, but are they gonna hike it? Oh my God! Center threw the football. He threw it to AJ Epinesa. <laughs> Let's talk to Frank. <laughs> Frank, thanks for calling. Jethro, sound off on WHO. How are you, sir? Son, how is everybody down there? Doing all right. Great. What do you want to share with us tonight, Frank? I'm doing well, He's Frank. Such a pal to me, you know. Yeah. Where, you know, comes out and talks to me, shakes my hand. He is a real, the real deal. Well, I appreciate that, Frank. That, yeah, remember, I remember, remember meeting you at the fairgrounds. You bet. Yeah, we were yeah. going to call. We're going to, you know, if I could get in free, I would do colors for the Ohio State game November first. Can you get in? We could do the Ohio State game at, at uh, the stadium. You said do color, like me and you take over Gary and Ed's job? Yeah, but you'd have to let me in free because, oh. you know, I won't actually buy tickets to yeah. yeah, I don't have that kind of pull, Frank. I thought okay, you were saying I get guess, in free to I the guess, fairgrounds. I guess I... we'll have to do it over the radio then. Sure, sure. What did you think of today's game, Frank? Well, just think of this. 13-0. and This season is 13-0 and minus a defensive play, an offensive play, and kicking the ever-loving crap out of Ohio State November 4th. This, this season is the perfect season because we get to play Ohio State at home. You know, that's the whole season. Thanks for the phone call, Frank. Oh, I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, Frank. Go ahead. You know what I said about the first three games? They got their act together and they kicked Penn State's butt. They were no, they did not on the way back. They did not, and they played Michigan State. Um, sure, Michigan State held us. But I heard the, the at one point right at the end of the game, Michigan State only had seventy three yards. I'm saying Michigan State isn't that good, and Penn State will probably not win it. Ohio State, if we kick their butt. Michigan might win, but it you all. didn't kick Penn State's <laughs> butt. Then we go. To, you lost to Penn State. You no, know, we we play Michigan for the, all the marbles if we beat Ohio State. Man, I wish I could have some of what you're drinking or smoking tonight because but this 
football. You're the coach. You, what game do you want? It's like Michigan. What game do you want? You want Michigan if they're coming here. You don't want, you don't want to play Texas. That doesn't do you any good. Good to hear from you, Frank. Long time, buddy. You know what? Well, okay. What? The no. Fair, the fair's over. You know. Fair's over. Fair's in August. Yeah. November four. See you, buddy. I'm speechless. I'm rarely speechless when it comes to doing radio. Frank's left me speechless for many years, man. Well, you. I mean, you're his good buddy. I, 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 I've met Frank. I've. I, I recognize Frank's what, voice. What, I, what, I've talked to Frank a lot. What My years was Frank trying a, to say? I, dude, welcome to conversations with Frank. Tommy's more coherent than Frank. He has his moments. Frank's. He Frank, started off he strong. Gets, yep, yep. He called in a couple weeks ago and he was really good. But you can't say that you kicked the crap out of Penn State when it's not accurate. Yeah, it's just, First of all, you lost to Penn State and you gave up almost 600 yards of total offense to yep. Penn State. Now, you did a good job of keeping Penn State out of the end zone and keeping the game close, but you didn't kick the crap out of Penn State. You didn't kick the crap out of Michigan State either. Now, Michigan State didn't do anything great offensively. Only had 300 yards. Had 68 total plays. Now, listen. How many guys ran the ball for them? How many? They had, what, seven guys that got carries today? They ran a couple. A few of those were receivers. Of course, the quarterback, Lewerke, got out multiple times. He led the team in rushing with 42 yards. I mean, they really, they, they threw everything at that defense. You didn't beat the crap out of Penn State. No. Come on. Frank. No. Not at all. You know, anyway. I, you know, you look at what the defense wasn't able to do today, and, you know, it's not like – it's not like – Michigan State ran all over the place. No. But something to watch as this season goes forward. You had McSorley last week. You had the Michigan State quarterback this week. Lewerke. Crouch next week with Illinois. Yeah. It's about containing that quarterback. And Nathan Budget had talked about that after the game today. Containing the quarterback, that's our uh, – That's we're having a problem with that. And uh, we need more from guys. And it starts with me up front. And uh, it starts in practice. You know, quarterback containment is, is huge, especially if you're going to start seeing some mobile guys. You're not going to see it out of Wisconsin. You're not going to see it really out of a Nebraska. Travis, you know what a mobile quarterback can do to this defense? Disrupt its rhythm. Yes. This, this defense starts to settle in. Uh, we, we tried to explain to Tom earlier about the, the overall game plan. The reason that you're keeping those safeties back, the reason that you're trying to make them make those difficult pass plays is because it's hard to do that over and over and over again. Uh, a mobile quarterback can disrupt the rhythm of that defense. And that's exactly what uh, McSorley did last week. It's what Lewerke was able to do today. They don't have to kill you with their feet. And Lewerke dis- wasn't anything spectacular. No, no, they don't have to kill you. They just have to disrupt that rhythm on defense. And he did a very good job of that today. Which, you know, and that, and that happens to certain types of defenses. And, yeah. and I wouldn't say Iowa was a type of athletic defense that can fly all over the place and beat you with speed. Josie Jewell can. Travis, those defenses that give you that space, yeah, that, that space that you have to make the play within. When you're rushing four guys and you've got five guys to block those four, and then Lewerke has linebackers dropping back into coverage, that's going to create space. That's what McSorley and Lewerke were able to 
utilized. 284-1040, that's the number to call if you want to be on the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. It's your show, so keep on calling. We want to hear from you. Iowa loses 17-7 to Michigan State. We're here till 11 o'clock. He's Ross Peterson. I'm Travis Justice on News Radio 1040 WHO. Oh. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040. WHO. We're here till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to get in on the show, please do so at 515-284-1040. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. Hawkeyes lose to Michigan State today, 17-7. to Russell wants to know on Twitter at SoundOffWHO, who the hell screens your calls? Well, that all falls on Sean Roberts because he's a, he's a phenomenal call screener is what he is. And uh, I, it's okay. What I do. You didn't do anything. I think they're talking about Frank. I think, I think it's obvious Frank. that they're talking about yes. Frank. Frank, I thought, brought up some valid points, <laughs> and it needed to be broadcasted on the air. <laughs> We're 13-0. and 0. Well, back it up if you back time. I don't know what he was trying to do. Well, let's uh, see if you can redeem uh, yourself with the call screening duty, Sean, as we go to Iowa Falls. That's where Russ is. Russ, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Yeah, why can't they... Uh do a little more blitzing once in a while. It, it seems like when they do, it helps out the team a little bit. And uh, I don't think uh, the football team lost the, the game last week. I think the coach did. If he would have kicked one field goal, they would have won the game. I'll take my answer off the phone. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Did you get that a lot last week, Travis? No, you know, we Coaches did. lost the game last we week? We didn't get that at all last week. Matter of fact, I, I think some stuff festers over the week, and people start itching at it, and they poking at it, and it gets on their nerves, Oof. and they finally say, I'm going to wait till Saturday night, and I'm going to call sound off, and I'm going to bitch about last week. Russ, I'm no, I, can't, I can't agree with you on that, that the coaches lost that game last week. I think Penn State won that game with a great drive in the final seconds. And they beat a tired defense. I don't think they was... ran ninety nine plays last week. Think, put this in perspective, folks. They ran ninety nine plays a week ago. Michigan State today ran what sixty eight total. Uh, looks like that to me, right? Twenty, yeah, sixty eight. Sixty eight. Twenty eight passes and forty rushes. Ninety nine plays, <laughs> and you went against the best player in college yeah, football for thirty one more plays. Who had? How many yards of total, like all-purpose yards? Uh, you you would Over have a 300. lot better idea. Yeah. I would. The coaching staff didn't lose that game. Iowa didn't even lose that game. Penn State won that game. Blitz more is a common criticism, Russ. That uh, this Hawkeye defense has heard a lot. Again, that goes back to our conversation with uh, with Tom earlier in the show. That's just not part of the game plan. It's it's not the way that Kirk Ferentz sees. A winning strategy of football. They are blitzing. I, I think they're even blitzing a little bit more this year than we thought they would. You know, we haven't seen, seen the, the Raider past. package all that That's often. That's true. That's a good point, Travis. Um, but listen, I mean, they were 5 of 14 on third down conversions. Mm-hmm. 5 of 14. Michigan State controlled the ball 33 minutes of total time of possession. Um, but when you got a guy, you have to be careful when you blitz. Because if you get beat on the blitz, bad things happen. And the secondary has not been fantastic no. this year. 
So you're when you blitz, you put a lot more pressure on that secondary. You didn't have one of your better cornerbacks playing today for health reasons, apparently. So I, I feel like you saw an, a pretty good amount of, of, of blitzes and pressure over the last couple of weeks for what the game plan is. Plus, you got a mobile quarterback and you got right. a great wide receiver uh, that Michigan State has. Now is a great time to call. 284-1040-800-469-4295. It's not a long wait. We've been at like 30-minute waits before you get yeah. on the air before. Luke's going to be on the air waiting less than a minute. Uh, Luke's, uh, yeah, and you're right. And uh, we got twi- we got tweets coming in on Twitter, too, at SoundOffWHO. Luke in Cedar Falls, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue SoundOff. Oh, and then he blew his he, he, opportunity. He up. You see what Luke did? He hung up. Luke changes Who the threshold. Who hangs up on the people I feel show. like people are trying to make me look bad here. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't do that, Sean. Mike in West Des Moines. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, I just wanted to comment on something you said, Ross, just a minute ago about you said that uh, when the guy was talking about the blitz, and you said, well, that's just not in Kirk Ferentz's strategy. I think that that's kind of the whole point, don't you think? Yeah, that's. I understand that's what the complaint is. That's why I tried to say. That's a common criticism of Kirk Ferentz's defense, but that's just the way it is. And I, And quite frankly, I don't feel like with the personnel you had on the field today, blitzing was what was going to make a big difference. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's not really what I meant. I guess what I meant is that the comment about that's Kirk Ferentz's strategy, but his strategy, honestly, is kind of, it's almost like it's a losing strategy. Kirk Ferentz does not play to win. Kirk Ferentz plays to not lose. Yeah, and so what he does is he sets up his team. He always puts his team in the worst position possible because he's afraid to try to actually win the game. The offense, when you put so much pressure, like you guys said earlier, what did you say, uh, Penn State ran how many plays? They ran 99, 99 plays 99, a week yeah. ago. 99 plays with that offense. You're going to put that kind of pressure on your defense because you're afraid to take a chance with your offense. I don't think it's afraid, Mike. And I, I think you say when you say he's afraid to win games, you don't mean that. What what you're trying to say is you disagree with Kirk Ferentz's opinion on what the best way to win games is. That's what yeah, it is. I, yeah, that's fair. It's that's not that fair. it's not that he's afraid to win. It's not that he doesn't want to try to win. He he realizes he's got limited amounts of playmakers out there. We've talked about two: Noah Fant and Akram Wadley. He realizes that he has a defense that he has to play within the uh, the parameters of your secondary is not great. And your defensive line, those four guys are not able to always break pressure. So you've got to keep those linebackers in that gray area in between. So that's that's just the fact of it. We can bitch that he doesn't blitz enough. I don't think that that's going to make a big difference. And I think on top of that, the right thing to say when people are bitching about it is you might be rooting for the wrong football team because this guy is just not going to be blitzing that often. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not even really talking about the defensive side because the defense, unbelievable. You know, frankly, this, this defense is is phenomenal. Yeah, look I what agree. look what Penn State did to Indiana today. But it's it's the offensive game plan where he really just plays to not lose the game on the offensive side because he knows he has this phenomenal defense that'll always keep him in the game. But you cannot continuously put that kind of pressure on your defense. And never take it, 
take a, a a gamble or take a risk or take a chance on the offensive side. You know, this this continuous always playing to not make a mistake or not turn over the ball or not lose the game puts so much pressure on that defense. I mean, he's, he's lucky that he's got guys like Josie Jewell and, you know, frankly, all probably 15 of the def- defensive guys that, that, that tend to play on a regular basis. But he has got to just take the 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 – the leash off or whatever, however you want to put it, of the offense. I don't. I don't know. I'm curious. I know. I know you guys don't know the answer to this, but I, I'm just wondering if this ridiculous play calling is is um, exposing Brian Ferentz, or if he's just, you know, at the mercy of his dad. Because the the play calling today was just about the worst I've ever seen. Or, or or is it or is it Mike? They don't have a, a full confidence in Nate Stanley yet. Maybe well, you know it, that maybe, might be it. Yeah, maybe they go okay because we have we have to assume. I mean, we get frustrated. I think, and you're frustrated. I think everybody's frustrated. But I, but I, the older I get, the more I appreciate these guys see something that happens every day in practice. Yeah. They know what a guy is limited to. They know what his skill set is. Same thing with why is Colton Rastad still punting yes. when you've got a freshman that's on scholarship. Well, obviously in practice, the freshman isn't better. You know, we yeah, keep... there, there, there may be just something there where they just don't think that Stanley is the playmaker. You know, that I think that sort of the the uninformed public thinks you know thinks that we've got the next Heisman and, and quite frankly, yeah, right, Mike. No, quite and, frankly, and, we got spoiled and, a little and, bit in those in the three of those first and four. And here's and here's the problem. And, and and it's it, and almost every sports show's guilty of this. We're guilty of it over on KXNO. Iowa sends out these beautiful little game notes before a game. You know, they give you all these, and they start running down the statistics of what Nate Stanley's done in his first three or four starts. How he compares with Chuck Hartlieb. How he compares with Chuck Long. And you start picturing Hartlieb and Long in your in your head, and what they did in their career. We keep forgetting that he's just a sophomore, and we think, well, he's put up those numbers against this far. He must be of that caliber. Hmm. And the truth is, he's not that caliber yet. He's had good games, but I still think he's limited, and I think we've seen it the last two weeks of what those limits are. Agreed. All right? Great phone call, Mike. True. Uh, Yeah, just real quick. I guess on the positive side, he gets better every game. And that's, that's true. The positive thing going going through this thing. I mean, also, I, th- I just want to ask the question: Does that guy have small hands or something? Because he drops the ball a lot. I don't know. I've never <laughs> shook hands with you know that you know down down on like the four yard line where he just kind of dropped it. I'm just wondering. It just seems like he does have a little bit of a little bit of trouble hanging onto the ball sometimes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay. Right, thanks, thanks, Mike. Guys. Thanks, Mike. Good show. Bye. Thank you, sir. We got to take a break. Two eight four ten forty. I think the legend's coming up next. Interact with us. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by. Long time listener to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. He puts things into perspective on Twitter, and we and we're all we. It's a cliche, right? I mean, we fall. We all fall guilty of this. But he, he says this. Okay, just say it out loud. Kirk Ferentz coaches not to win. Do people realize how ridiculous that sounds? When you say it out loud, yes, it sounds ridiculous. But 
you know the cliche we're talking about. What it's saying is you're conservative. You're not going to take chances. You're going to play it close to the vest yeah. and, and keep it close. We do this all the time yes. with the Iowa football coaching staff. We do it all the time with Coach Ferentz. I've heard it said that you know because the contract gives him a bonus at seven games, he doesn't, he doesn't want to win the eighth game as much. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. This guy is every day focused on what he can do to win as many Saturdays as he possibly can. There, it, it, there's not an idea of, well, I've got favorites on the team. No, he might have a different opinion than you, but his he's always making decisions on what he thinks is going to give him the best results on the field, and I really believe that. 284-1040. Let's go to line one. Tommy there he is. That's my man. What's up, Tommy? Well, I'll say that Kurt Perry is no Hayden Fry, period. Hayden Fry was a riverboat gambler, and Kurt Perry is no, more no con- gambler. Certainly a more period. conservative. And, 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 you know, a lot of people are, are yelling about Ryan Perry play calling the game. Yes, it was bad, but who's the head coach? Not Ryan Perry. It, that is, and uh, and by the way, if I was coaching Iowa, uh, all you got to do is look at the Iowa basketball team last year. They played a bunch of freshmen, and what they do, they had a heck of a year. Why why isn't it and work playing all the time? I mean, work. Uh, I could, could be a world reader and Ed Pinocchio caught one pass. What, what can this guy not do? Tommy, I mean, uh, Tommy, let's slow down just a minute, okay? Because last week you are, several times, you're one play away from beating Penn State. Today, you're probably a fumble inside the five-yard line away from at least sending this game to overtime. If, if Nate Stanley doesn't have that ball fly out of his hands inside the five, we're obviously talking about a very different football game. So I can't put those on the coach. I agree with you, uh, Tommy, and I've been saying why? this for a why? long time. Tell me why. I tell you, because I'm not a Kurt fan. I never have and never will be. I, I'm a hate and pride fan, and, and, and the reason why. Who started throwing the football in the bit camp? Hate and pride was the one who started the throwing in the bit and no, it was a cloud of five yards and, and a cloud of guts. When Hate Fry came there, he started to pull fast, and, and it got up. No, I'm sorry. I I I, I blame the play calling. I mean, yes, Brian Kirk had a horrible game, and Stanley was bad. But what happened to the other true freshmen? Not the red shirt freshman, but the other shirt freshman. Why didn't he get in the game? Uh, and then he got these two kids, these two quarterbacks. Uh, one daddy, uh, Iowa City repeated, uh, football coach, all they do is win. And then you got, uh, former Dowling quarterback. And, and what are they going to do? Get rot on the bench? I mean, if I was going to be a contender, I think they ought to go rat and, and watch what the rat ball coach I would do. He played Fretman, and what they do? They had a head of a year, and this year they could be a contender. 
and plus they got a couple of players that are going to play a lot. And I tell you what, Iowa football may not be great, but I'll tell you what, watch out for basketball. Thank you. That's why he's the legend, folks. Tommy in Des Moines. How many times did he say, I tell you what? At least six or seven. I was going to start I lost. I, I, I lost him about four minutes ago. I started looking at Instagram. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you guys were sitting there having a conversation through the window. I just went straight to Instagram. <laughs> right? How did he get on the basketball? I don't know I where he went to. I was trying to draw. I was trying to connect what he was, the dots he was draw, putting on the paper there. I couldn't figure out. Hayden Fry brought the forward pass. He doesn't like. I, I got Hayden Fry was a riverboat gambler. Yep. I got Kirk's Kirk in charge. Kirk's in charge. charge. Don't, don't blame the offensive coordinator because Kirk's still calling the plays. Then, then he said he wasn't a Kirk Ferentz fan. Then I think he tried to bring up. Epinesa. You know how I take notes? Or if it's Tommy, it's Epinosa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know how I take notes on every caller? Uh, I, yeah. I couldn't. I... And then as soon as he went to the basketball team, I went to Instagram. I love Tommy. Every week, I do Tommy. too. Because you remember, he boycotted us for a while. He didn't like us. Yeah. Just like I think he, you know, because Zobble was the Hayden Fry. Yeah. And he looks at us as the Kirk Ferentz. That's true. Yes. He's he just trying to help the show. You guys don't, you guys don't talk to win. We don't talk to win. <laughs> how long to the break? Because I know we're at the bottom. Second, of the forty-five idea. seconds here. So okay. So how are, you, how are you back on this? Thirty thirty. That's when we have to take the break for the. No, I know. It so just here looked in, like four, the clock in five wasn't seconds, right. the thirty-second theme is going to hit. I thought it looked like it was a minute. You know what behind. you should do? You should produce for a little while. That's what you should do. It could help you out. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't think I produce this show? I mean, on that side of the glass. Listen, we got Travis that don't work. Travis thinks he's producing the show because he records the game and saves the highlights for us. Play some more highlights, then, okay? If that's what if that's what you're going to add to the show, if that's the production value you're going to bring, then bring it. Everybody, stand hold. We'll get your calls. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by... Which says, Tommy Des Moines is a legend, period. Hashtag Riverboat Gambler. Hashtag I'll Tell You What. Hashtag Epinosa. Hashtag and this type of stuff. Hashtag Play More Freshman. Cheryl says, Nice to see Hawk fans haven't changed in the 40 years since I started listening to games. Russell says, thanks, Tommy. I didn't know Hayden Fry invented the forward pass. Now, now, in all fairness, he said Hayden Fry brought the forward pass to the Big Yes, Ten. he did. Rob says, WTF, is it a full moon tonight? Weird sound off. I don't yeah. think it's been that weird. He's had a couple of, you know. Call- he wasn't listening at one thirty last in the morning last week. There, that's nothing out of the line for Tommy. That's been Tommy for the last 30 years that I've been listening to sound off. I mean, back to the Cotler and Newell days, Tommy was calling in, and he was the star of this show then. 284-1040. Let's pick up the phones again. Let's go to Matt in Des Moines. Welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, disappointing loss tonight. Uh, I wonder, you know, Nate Stanley overthrows every, you know, most passes over 20, 25 yards, about, what, 70, 80% are overthrown. I wonder... If there's a correlation between that 
and why the coaches waited so long before the season to name a starter. Maybe they were seeing this a lot in practice, and maybe that's just who this guy is. And if that's the case, it's really going to limit what the offense can do uh, throughout the season. I just wonder what you guys think well, about that. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I, we had a call earlier that, you know, um, we were talking about what Stanley was able to do, and I said, you know, maybe he's only doing what he's capable of doing at this point. Um, right. I, I think we see guys that are open or we see things like, well, why didn't they just do that? Well, we just assume that you have a quarterback and people that can make those plays. These guys see their talent in practice every single day. They know what they're capable of doing, and that's what I – I, maybe it's simplistic. Maybe it's maybe it's too easy to say, but I, that's what I'm going to write it off to Ross. Is they they know what he's capable of doing. They don't want to put him in a position to fail yet. Right. Yeah, sooner or later, you're going to have to take some chances. Sooner or later, you're going to have to, you know, un- loosen up the collar. But I think they look at it and say Nate Stanley is a sophomore. Yep. He's now started five games. They're not ready to pull that collar off yet. There you go. So two things. That I, two things I'd say to you, Matt. Number one, in that quarterback battle that you reference, it's obvious, I think you're right, that he isn't that much better than Tyler Wiegers. Now, whether that means Ty- you think Tyler Wiegers is good or you think Nate Stanley is not so good, it's obvious, again, going back to that comment about Kirk Ferentz doesn't, is afraid to win games or doesn't coach to win or whatever the, the cliche is, it's, it's nonsense. He's, he's looking at a lot more information than any of us have He's watching these kids every day, and he's making the decision that's going to help him win games. So Nate Stanley is a better quarterback than Tyler Wiegers, but he waited to make that announcement because he's not a lot better than Tyler Wiegers. The other thing is, Nate Stanley is not doing enough to lose his job. You're right, he's not hitting those big passes, but besides that fumble today, he had the interception against Wyoming that got tipped up in the air. He's had a couple of fumbles, I think, Travis, um, in in other games. But outside of that... He has not made those big mistakes that have derailed the offense. And, and again, I think that is more of Ference's strategy here. If I can get a quarterback that's not going to make those big mistakes, that's how I win football games with this squad. And, and I wasn't arguing that point. I, I agree. I mean, I think he's the best, you know, that we have. But yeah, I think we're I think we're all in agreement there, Matt. Yeah, he's kind of derailing drives though, overthrowing. There was a there was a corner pass uh, to Fant that he was open, he threw it out of bounds, yeah. and you can see the frustration. Man, he, you know, he took his head straps off and kind of in frustration, and it's just, you know, kind of time and time again, he's, he's, he's not derailing the season of the team, but he's, he's derailing, you know, drives at certain points that it's uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, obviously hopefully he gets better. Matt, I'm going to give a little plug you know, to, but, our, to one of our shows here. It's actually my show on Monday afternoons. Are you in Des Moines? I listen. Awesome, man. So we have uh, Sage Rosenfels and Chuck Long come on with us on Monday afternoons from 5 to 6 on KXNO. I'm curious about if Nate Stanley is – so, like, for instance, today he completed passes to eight different receivers. You had A.J. Epinesa, the the pass he caught from, uh, from, uh, from the punter, and you have nine different Hawkeyes that caught passes today. I'm going to ask those guys that would know. Is that a byproduct of the system, or is Nate Stanley doing a good job of working through his progressions and finding the open guys? I'm going to bet it's a system. I'm thinking it is, Travis, because we hear Ed a couple of times a game talk about an open receiver that doesn't get... get, And and the reason I say that, 
it, I, I got a hard time believing a, a sophomore quarterback can check his progressions through five games to to find that many guys. I think it's it's picking your receivers at least one or two, and you and you're going to stick with them. Yeah. I, now I think I'd hope by senior year, you're you're checking all your you're checking everything, that's, that's and you can. That's do it. a good analysis. But right now, I think it's it's it's. Um, it's just what you. Thanks for the phone call, got. Matt. It's good Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Matt. Man. Appreciate it. Uh, Ron says, "I was addiction." This is on Sound Off WHO on Twitter. I was addiction to the run simply kills. Now, Ron, I I happen to live on the on. It's funny that you say. Don't that. tell people where you live. Don't tell people. Well, I live farther west than I in than in Des Moines. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I, okay. During the week, I live in Omaha. I, I mean, that's that's no secret. Um, and I listen to stuff over there. And Nebraska fans say the addiction to the past is killing them. If it doesn't work, you think it's killing you. But I, I will say this. I would rather have a team addicted to the run than addicted to the pass any day because I believe running the football gives you a better chance to win football games. Threw the ball 32 times tonight, ran it 25. And I think you should be running more, not passing more, or at least closer to that 50-50 mark. 284-1040. That's the phone number you can reach us on. That's how Chris finds us from Green Mountain. Chris, thanks for calling Jethro Sound Off here on WHO. Hey, thanks, guys, for taking my call. You bet, man. What did you want to share with us? Uh, well, I've just been listening probably for about a half an hour, so maybe a couple of my points have been touched on, but uh, you can tell me if they were. That's all right. A lot of our listeners are in your boat, Chris, so fire away. Okay. Well, um, a couple things. Um, you know, we talked about not getting the, uh, the running game established. There's been several ideas and theories why that's not happening. You know, uh, Butler being hurt and so on and so forth. Um, to me, in loading the tackle box, I mean, they're keying on him, obviously, because he's like our best offensive weapon. My question is how they're using it. I mean, he's not a between-the-tackles kind of runner. I mean, I saw them today when they were backed up in the end zone. They did like a, like a pitch to him to the right. That was the same play that he got a safety on last week. He doesn't seem to break tackles very well. He seems like he gets tripped up pretty easy. He's be- he's not good at breaking tackles. He's better at making people miss. And so I really think, you know, we've seen some great things from, we keep saying, get him in space. That's what he does. He doesn't have to break tackles. He makes people miss. So if they put him in that slot more often, bring in a second back or disguise it in eye formation with another back and maybe make him run an out route like a screen or something, and, you know, like how the uh, parents is getting a lot of, Brian parents is getting a lot of credit for, uh, I think uh, John Miller was saying a lot of this. They were running three, four, five different plays out of the same look. Yeah. So it was disguised. They didn't know what the Hawkeyes were going to do, which is not our MO. It, it keeps them on, you know, a little bit off balance. They're not, you know, they're not crashing and blitzing us so much, loading that tackle box where Waldie doesn't have a chance. Chris, it's funny. You're hitting on a couple of points that two of our great callers touched on earlier in the show, and you said that. Um, Jerry, who said that Torrin, he mentioned the name Torrin Young, that if yep. Wadley's not the guy that's able to run between the tackles and square his shoulders and run run through that contact at the line, Torrin Young seemed to have that skill set uh, when we've seen him in this season. The other one was our caller, John, who, uh, boy, what did you say that brought me to that one? Oh, that you're running from passing formations. And that's he was saying that's something you need to do more of, running from those passing formations. And I think that you're right, that 
Ference has done a pretty good job, as John Miller points out from HawkeyeNation.com, of uh, Brian Ference, of showing the same look and getting several different plays out of that one look. Yep. By yep. the way, hoping to get we're hoping to get Rob Howe on from HawkeyeNation.com any minute here. Within we're going to be on for another hour, fifteen minutes, so we'll get him on pretty soon. Okay. Can I say one more thing? Ahead, Absolutely. Chris. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll try and make it quick. So, um, one other thing, I, I don't comment until after I hang up because that would give you a little more time. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the run game, what I was kind of wondering about also is we've been talking about how the offensive line has doesn't seem like it's been as good, and you know that's got a lot of seniority on it as far as a lot of experience. So I was wondering also since Brian Ferentz, obviously a product of his father, and having the new new coach from North Dakota State, Tim Polisek or whatever his name is, I wonder you if there's a loss, a loss of information or knowledge there, having a new coach on the offensive line. And then finally what I wanted to say was, uh, you know, I was following uh, some stuff on Twitter today, and uh, people complaining about the blitzing and stuff. And they did blitz once, and it didn't look very good. And um, to me, I mean, I know that we gave up a lot of yards at Penn State last week and stuff, but, you know, I know you can. there's things you could fix or whatever, but if you have number three or four in the country and you hold them to 21 and you go to East Lansing and hold them to 17, you don't even need to talk about uh, defense at all. I don't care. We got to score more points, but we're not going to win nothing. I don't care what the defense says. So, really, we don't need to talk about the defense unless there's an injury. That's all I got to say about that. I agree with Thanks. him there. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Yep. Only thing I'll say about the offensive line, they're getting a ton of pressure. They are. They're, they're not blocking four guys, they're blocking seven. And you've got some talent there that's still really young. Alaric Jackson's the one I'm really looking at. I mean, that's a red shirt freshman over there at left tackle. Boone Myers and Sean Welsh have been kind of in and out. You've been moving Keegan Render and Ross Reynolds. I think James Daniels is the anchor of that offensive line, but there's a lot of moving parts going on around him, and that's a unit that needs that consistency, Travis. These guys know that. This, this is the bread and butter of Hawkeye football. It's not just Polisek. It's not just Ference. It's not just Brian Ference. You've got a bunch of dudes there that know you've got to build with that foundation of an offensive line. So good minds are focused on that problem. I don't think that's that big of an issue. I think we're all 100% right. Every, every comment we've taken on the offensive line today has been there's a realization amongst Hawkeye fans that offensive line isn't as great and dominant as we'd all hoped it would be. 2 4 10 your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by Hawkeye Nation. What happened there? Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. It's weird. My headphones went out. Yeah, that's a you problem. That's a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa loses 17-10 to Michigan State. Seven, what was the score? 17-10. I didn't hear you say 17-7, but apparently you did for the first, like, hour, hour and a half. <laughs> that's all right. Hawkeyes lost. That's, me, what we, that's what most of us have taken and I was away. And I was thinking out loud in my head before we get back to the phone calls. <laughs> thinking out loud in my head. Go ahead, Frank. What were you saying? <laughs> so, let's say I, I would have beaten Penn State last week. Yeah. One play. Let's... What, what, what would have been the mood been like tonight? Ooh. Ooh. Bad. Because that would have 
completely changed our expectations for this season. I think most of us came into this year thinking Penn State was going to be a loss or at least be a really, really tough game. But Michigan State was one of those swing games. If you'd asked, you know, 75 Hawkeye fans, I think you'd have got 50 were going to win and 25 were, you know, going to be yeah. a close game, might lose that one. So that would have changed expectations. You beat Penn State, and even and again, the way they played him, as we said earlier, I think did change that expectation a little bit, Travis. And that's why we're getting some of that emotion tonight. Let's go up to Ames. That's where Brandon is. Brandon, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, guys. I just wanted to do uh, a couple things. Number one, um, Tommy is a pretty smart guy. Um, is that really Lou Holtz? <laughs> no, it's is, really Tom. I, I didn't know if you had as smart as Lou Holtz is if that was Lou Holtz or Tommy. But here, here's my thing for all these Hawkeye fans. I'll tell you right up front, I'm a Cyclone fan. But I'll tell you what, if I could go to a bowl game every single year, these Hawk fans kill me when they say Kirk Ferentz doesn't play to win. Uh, the guy is a genius. Um, you look back over his history, every year there's going to be six or seven games that are going to come down the final five minutes and – more than more times than not, Kirk and his staff find a way to win. So, um, you know, it, like you just said, Travis, if, if they if they tip that ball against Penn State at the end and and uh, they make a play here against Michigan State, they're five and zero. Oh, and like typical Hawk fans, everybody's got them going to the national championship. I would be Brandon. I'll be honest. Exactly. I, when I was watching that Penn State game, man, when I was watching that final drive, I let my expectations or emotions, whatever you want to say, get, get the, the best, best of me. And I started to look ahead, and I started to say, well, wait a minute. If they're beating Penn State, then they're going to beat Michigan State. They're going to roll Illinois. Wisconsin hasn't looked great. They could beat Wisconsin. Then, okay, Ohio State, maybe you'll lose that one, but you're going to kill Nebraska. Northwestern stinks. I was I, will, I let all of that emotion ramp up and get ahead of you got to beat Penn State. So I, I fell into that, Brandon. And I'm going to tell you well, something, I- dude. The, the stuff that you just said about Coach Ferentz, it was a group of Cyclone guys, a guy that I know uh, that used to coach for the Cyclones, knows more about football than, than most people I'll ever meet, Woodley. <clears throat> was the first one to sit me down and say, Kirk Ferentz is a great football coach. Not good. He's great. And watch how he keeps his team in football games every week. He might not blow teams out, but he he plays so well with the talent that he has on the field. He knows his strengths, and he knows how the game is supposed to be played so well that he keeps those those kids in a position to win. And that's what a coach's job is. And I see that over and over. I saw that against Michigan State in the Big Ten title game. I saw that against Penn State last week. I saw that at times today against Michigan State. Even in a game you weren't ever realistically within striking distance, he had his team in that position. You bring up a good point. Did you ever feel like I was going to win today? No. Nope. Down 14 nothing. Brandon, did you ever feel like I was going to win today? I, As a Cyclone fan, I, I figured they would come back and win because they always seem to do that. They killed me two weeks ago when, when they came back against my Cyclones. And, and you see Kirk Ferentz's teams win so many close ones. So as a non-Hawkeye fan, I thought, yeah, they'll, they'll find a way. They're going to get a turnover, something just like Penn State, the whole Penn State game. I, I knew they were going to come back. Now, Penn State could be a national championship team. Um, but I, I think I just, I just assumed they were going to find a way to win. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Thanks. Enjoy your Saturday night.
You know, I used to, Travis, I'm going to be real honest here, man. I used to listen to this show when I was a Hawkeye, when I, when I was a season ticket holder, and yeah. I'd be driving home. I'd get so mad listening to Zobble because he always seemed like he, and I loved Jim. I loved Jim. I mean, I, you were good friends with yeah. him. Yeah. But he, would, he always seemed like he was defending the indefensible, yeah. you know? Now I'm here. We are in that position, and sometimes I'm talking to people. But and I don't I think feel we like, defend it. Okay, all right. I, I mean, I think we're we're much more critical than John and Jim ever were. I feel like that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we we heard the Colin show on the network. That's just apologetics. I, I I mean, I think we try to get, but I think the older we get, the more you see, the the more you understand. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, again, now I know why. This was before I sat in Mike Woodley's office for five yeah. hours, and he told me, explained to me why Coach Ferentz is, is such a genius on the football. Field. I, I mean, now I know why politicians flip flop. Because the older you get, the more you see, the more experienced you become. You can change your opinion or your philosophy. So Jim was just smarter than me. <laughs>